0: Welcome to the One Heart Podcast from Concordia University, St. Paul, where we share the stories at the heart of our CSP community. Greetings, listeners, and thank you for listening to the One Heart Podcast from Concordia University, St. Paul. I'm your host, Billy Schultz. This week's guest is Dr. Lori Friedrich. Many of you know her as the wife of President Brian Friedrich. But she's also a professor and scholar and is a proud member of CSP's faculty, where she teaches in our education program. Lori is passionate about education, passionate about CSP, passionate about serving people. I hope through this interview you get to know her better, and I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Lori Friedrich. Thank you for being with me today, Lori. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure. I'm excited to, Billy. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. I'm, I'm so thrilled that you're on the podcast here. Um, would love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners by talking about where you're originally from and then what drew you to CSP as a student.
1: Sure. Um, I'm Lori Friedrich and I am originally from Tomahawk, Wisconsin, where my dad still lives in that same house I grew up in. And the way I found out about Concordia St. Paul was through the pastor at my church. He brought our youth group over to take a look at the campus. And we just brought sleeping bags and where I ended up laying my sleeping bag, there was a, a girl who laid hers next to mine, and she was from Wisconsin Rapids, not very far from Tomahawk, and we kind of started visiting, and she said, you want to be roommates? And I said, sure, that sounds great, and I, it was just kind of a really good fit for me when, you know, when we came. I, I'd always wanted to be a teacher, so that they had a great program, and I loved the excitement of the city after having been from a smaller town. And um, having met a few people, because I knew no one, was really nice too. So that was Uh, kind of the way it started. And so many blessings came from that.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, did you major in education then uh, for your entire undergraduate career?
1: I did. I was an elementary education major. And sometimes we giggle that I ever even really got the degree because at the time you had to be able to do some things that we just don't ask today, like pass a swimming test and I wasn't oh, a very really good swimmer and you had to be able to accompany yourself on either the piano or a guitar or something. And I never had music lessons. So luckily I was able to learn how to play the guitar because when you went out, you, you accompanied your class, you know, you were mm-hmm. kind of all of those subject areas. So that was kind of cute. But, um, Dave Bredehoft is someone who kind of took me mm. under his wing and became my advisor and really helped me do what I wanted to do with education, which was, um, the psychology and counseling parts mm. so really work even better with children and families. And so he allowed me to take every single psychology class at Concordia and then also took me, uh, over to the university of uh, Minnesota. So mm. I could get some of their classes and actually finish with, um, that concentration. So I was thrilled. So I think already then Concordia was being very innovative and working to help students meet their goals.
0: Yeah, it sounds very flexible and accommodating for what you were looking to do and mm-hmm. um, and what you were then equipped and enabled to do. That's fantastic. Besides Dr. Bredhoff, were there any other faculty members that really stood out to you as as like those really influential key figures in your education?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I think, I think Dr. Bredehoff because of his interest in psychology and, um, also Jeff Burkhart Mm. taught me to love children's literature, which is something, if you looked at my bookshelf today, that's, it's packed with children's books and it's something I always integrate into my teaching and, and have just loved and used with my own children and now grandchildren. Um, And then uh, Gary Meyer, Gary and Loma Meyer, Mm. headed up the inner city teaching program. Mm. And I was in, I believe, the second year of that program. And it didn't last too very long, but it was a wonderful example of how God was broadening me for what was going to lie ahead in my life. And um, I absolutely loved it. So we were able to complete our teaching courses in three years and then that fourth year we spent a full year in inner city teaching and and each of us went out and took inner city jobs and Mm. you know we hear about those needs today with harder to get students to go or teachers to want to serve in some of those locations so I feel really privileged um, to have gone through such an innovative program with truly innovative instructors and program designers here at Concordia.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Do you recall where you uh did that year of of teaching in in the Twin Cities?
1: You know, it was it was so well thought out. So you actually had three different rotations. Oh, cool. And mm-hmm, and because I was in the Lutheran education program, it means that you graduate being able to teach in either a public or a Lutheran school. So I started here in an inner, inner city um public school. In St. Paul. Then I went to an inner city Lutheran school in Milwaukee, oh, wow. um, Emmaus Lutheran. And then I came back to St. Paul and went to, uh, it would have at that time been called suburban, but now it be, would be very much urban. And that was at East St. Paul Lutheran. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of, um, you know, now we would call that an urban setting. But at the time, I think they really wanted you to see how far out from the city central were you comfortable. Mm. And so to have that experience of starting and ending a school year with experienced teachers in both public and um, private settings was phenomenal. And I felt like it really prepared me for whatever might lie ahead.
0: Very, very cool. While you were a student at CSP, did you participate in a number of extracurricular activities or or how did you spend your time outside of your academic work?
1: Well, I did study a lot. I am one of those persons who is a dedicated learner and I love to learn, but probably my most fun activity that I was in was the ski club and Mm. we did downhill skiing. And at that time, you could sign up also for ski class. So I know I took it at least two times. It was like a PE credit. And (laughs) um, all of the people in that club would schedule our days. So on Tuesdays, nobody had a class past two o'clock. And at that time, Concordia let the students drive a school van to the ski hill. And we spent the whole day and took our lesson at like 6.30. And then we stayed until the lifts closed at 10 p.m. Every Tuesday, and it was wonderful. Then also, um, as an officer there, I was able to help plan the Easter trips that we went out west. So we got weekends here, we got to ski around the Twin Cities, but then we also went to um, other ski areas. And then I was like in student government, but I was Mm -hmm. never good enough to be in the choir. And while I competed in basketball in high school, I wasn't really at that level to be a college athlete Mm. either. So I was thankful to be able to meet the people that I did and and, um, learn some different kinds of skills from, so it was very different experience from what high school was for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's great. Um, So many wonderful things to be involved in at CSP um, and, and so glad that, yeah, that was a fulfilling experience for you too, uh, outside of the classroom as well. Um, so you graduate from CSP. Um, you and Brian get married. Um, and how has your career unfolded as you've uh, lived uh, the, the the wife of a pastor? As you know, as a, a college administrator, college president, um, you've had your own career path as well, and and yet you've moved around and, and, and lived in so many different places. How has that all unfolded? What kind of things have you done in your career?
1: Well, thanks for asking that kind of a reflective question. It's always fun to kind of look back and see um, God's hand in the journey that he mm-hmm. leads us on and equips us to fulfill those different kinds of um, tasks that he's planned for us to do. So um When we started after leaving St. Paul, we went to St. Louis and Brian was at the seminary and I taught in North St. Louis. So I was Mm -hmm. able to use those inner city teaching skills. It was an African-American school and we had, it it was a dangerous area of the city. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I could go in and do that and just fell in love with it. And uh, so taught there during those years when we were at the seminary and I started in grades three and four, and loved it, and then I taught grades seven and eight and loved it, so it was kind of fun to see my background and experience uh, kind of be stretched, and how sometimes that's a little difficult. I was also, at that time, we had what was called departmentalization, and I was the, excuse me, the reading department person, so I taught reading in grades K through eight, and that was one of those things where I always felt like, wow, um, you know, I got a really good preparation at CSP, but I could use even more. I never knew I would be doing this like most of the day. Mm. So that was always kind of in the back of my mind as well as how am I going to continue to grow in that area? And uh, from there, we moved to Detroit and our first son was born there. And that was when I started using. Jeff Burkhardt's children's literature. And I read to that child before he was ever born. And (laughs) and then Mike and I kind of had our own little ministry because we lived above Mm. an elderly lady who was a member of the church. And so she frequently needed medical help or just somebody to visit. Mm. And so we would go down each day and kind of spend some time with her in our weekdays and then kind of nights or weekends, we would do a lot more things at the church. So I was much more in the role of um, pastor's wife and then um, mother and using Mm. always a teacher, you know, that's, that's how we do those things. Then from there we moved to New York city and you know, always I wanted to kind of keep my hand in education. It was something I loved. And there it was, it was possible to do because we lived above the school. Oh. So there was a, a Lutheran school and church, and and um because we were living right above the school, they would just, whenever there was a sick teacher, they just came and knocked. And I would go and <laughs> teach whichever grade they needed, and they would let Micah go into the preschool and so he got to grow in many different ways and I could just kind of help out. And it was there in the city also that I started uh, to have a little bit more experience with some multicultural mm. uh, students. So I did some one-on-one tutoring with uh, a Spanish-speaking school or a child from that school and then um, uh, some children in the city where I would actually drive to them and be a reading tutor. And so I just help them to get better uh, when they were struggling with that. So people from Romania and and different countries. And I very much enjoyed that opportunity. Uh, And then from there, we went back to Wisconsin. So Leah was born in New York. We went back to Wisconsin and um, Phil was born and with three children, I was just thankful to be able to lead some like aerobics classes and do things at church. And that was just awesome. And it was when we got to Nebraska that our kids were a bit older and um, I started a master's program as a reading specialist, because going back to that again, I always felt like that was an area I loved and I wanted to grow in. And um, from there, I just started teaching in teacher education. Mm. and uh working especially with literacy classes but also things like educational psychology and and different areas and then i started um I went on and and did a doctorate at, at UNL and and that was really because i felt i was preparing pre-service teachers and things in the classroom so the people i would supervise were definitely going digital mm. They were getting um, digital reading series and we knew comprehension and different concepts of print were different in the online environment, but we really didn't have very much, um, data on that. So it was a really exciting, uh, time to be looking at that. So really to help me better prepare those, um, students that were going to become teachers, I felt like I really needed the digital literacy component. So it was an exciting time to go and work on that.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that, that doctoral work that you've done and, and, and your thesis, what did you, what did you research and, and what did you uh, glean from that work?
1: Well, thanks for asking. Cause you know, that's always your passion. It becomes a thing you continue to follow your whole life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, when I went in and spoke with the person who became my advisor, she said, so what are your interests? And I said, well, I I know we need to know technology and, and I'm not sure what it's called, but, but I'm thinking that there's this new area with digital and that's what I'm thinking. And she pulled down the best practices and literacy instruction book off of her shelf. And she went and she said, you know, I think there's a new name for that. And she said, I think it's called New Literacies. Mm -hmm. And she read about what that was. I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. And she said, well, it's brand new. It's the last chapter in the book. It's never been in the book before. It's only six pages and all the other, you know, comprehension and vocabulary. And those things were all, you know, 35 pages. And I said, that's it. Mm -hmm. And so she said, we'll learn that together. Because she said, nobody really knows about that now. So between um she and then my the other colleague of mine guy train and we put together Tech Edge and we started to write improving teacher quality grants and I was able to use my Lutheran school um, connections and they use the public school connections so that we were able to provide uh, professional development at no cost to all the Lutheran Elementary secondary teachers and professors as well as the uh the the public school people. And we brought in nationally known speakers, and it was really um, an exciting time to do that. So when I actually got to that point of the dissertation, I knew I, the other thing I was really looking at was the idea of coaching, because now I was working, I was teaching for them, I was a graduate assistant. So I worked with all of their master's level students, undergrads, um, doctorates, doctoral students. So we were we were all kind of looking at this coaching model and how might that help teachers who maybe don't feel confident or competent. And so I worked with student teacher, cooperating teacher dyads. So any teacher who was having one of the student teachers that I was working with in their class, um, they could volunteer for the study and then I would just go in and coach them. And so we got to try out a lot of different models of how can you best help You know by stepping in and kind of co-teaching even for them having somebody who's really current because they were getting all the, the the student teachers were getting the technology integration skills in their classes so they could go in and in that area they became the leader And the classroom teacher was the one kind of learning from them. And when they worked together, they were able to accomplish so much with the students that I think either one alone would have been nervous to do, but together they did great work. So it really had to do with uh, coming up with a new model for teacher education, because as we know, as we found out in 2020, right? Um, every teacher today needs to know how to integrate technology and teach in the online, the hybrid, the face-to-face formats. And I think that will just become more and more important, even as we look at, do we have a snow day or not, right? Are we <laughs> learning? And so that was the area that I went and, uh, and just in, thoroughly enjoyed every minute of that experience.
0: Oh that's absolutely fantastic and yeah uh, you were definitely ahead of the curve there right uh, doing that research and and, I, and that you know, work <laughs> in the years leading up to the the pandemic and everything being me, disrupted <laughs>
1: You know, and Billy, to me, that's just another example of God guiding, he knowing what lies ahead, Mm -hmm. I had no idea, putting an interest, I really had an interest, but I didn't know that much about it, but I knew it was going to be important. And then that we were sitting right next to a location, again, just like CSP was next to the University of Minnesota and here at Concordia, Nebraska was next to the University of Nebraska. So you could get some of that expertise that was just coming out really in the R1 institutions at that point.
0: Oh, so super. So 2019 comes and um, CSP reaches out uh, to, to Brian about, uh, you know, the call to be the president of the university. Um, take me through that time and uh, what were the, the feelings, the emotions, the, the experiences that you had as, as you two talked through this prayed, discerned uh, the call? Um, take me back to that.
1: Well, you know, it was something that we were never expecting. You know, I think we had been... At uh, Concordia, Nebraska, for twenty-nine plus years, so our children were all raised there, and I think we just sort of thought that's probably where we would be. I was teaching full time at the University of Nebraska, and you know things were going really well at Concordia, so it seemed like that was we were in the spot where we were supposed to be. And then this call comes, and you know, as always, you we always just pray about that and talk about it, and of course, there was that thing of wow, CSP, we love CSP. You know, it wasn't kind of like a, a place that you'd never heard of or anything else. And I think as always, the way God has worked in our lives is you go to visit And he just has always created a passion. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, look at this. Look at the way they're innovating. Look at the multicultural people he is bringing into this neighborhood and they are coming, they're choosing to come to Concordia. Mm -hmm. And an area that they would really like um, Brian to work on is an, is an area that he has a lot of expertise in. And it just seemed like this made sense. It mm-hmm. didn't make sense, but it did make sense, you know? And so it was, it was just very clear this is where we were supposed to be. And, you know, it's been something that we've just been able to really feel proud of what the university, how it's grown. It's been really fun for me to have those college roommates Come back, Hmm. and you know, you don't really see too much of what your alma mater is doing sometimes when you're away. We were all out of the state and in different locations, and they came back and said, Wow, we have over. 5,800 students and it was like 600 when we were here. <laughs> and wow, look at, you know, all those people coming in from different places and look at the number of programs and look how we've expanded the the campus across the interstate mm-hmm. and you know, and it's so much safer here. It's just so wonderful. It was a it was a lot different place than it even was when we were here. And yet it felt like home, you know. Mm. When you get back, it does feel like home because yeah. some of those professors emeriti we've talked about—they're here, and we have a chance to have lunches with them and picnics, and and get to continue to glean and watch the amazing ways that they continue to um, serve, even past full-time teaching ministry. So, so I think it was one of those things, Billy, where it was almost like, gee, are, we're leaving our kids and and we did and they we have two in omaha and then micah who's now in new orleans and came and it's just been a true blessing so our experience has always been when you listen to god he knows what he's doing and if he calls you he gives you the gifts to do what you need to do and the passion to enjoy every minute of it and new people in your life Mm -hmm. Um, to have connections with and be able to serve together with. And, and there's a wonderful leadership team here, as you know, and faculty mm-hmm. that that I'm privileged to get to know as well.
0: Yeah. And you have the privilege too, of living in Tricle House and having such a great street yeah. to live on with the, with a wonderfully connected neighborhood people you got to know, even through uh, kind of that beginning of COVID and gathering outside uh, to meet your neighbors and everything. Uh, Just from what I hear, it's a very, very uh, big blessing to have uh, those close-knit connections in the neighborhood as well.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, who would have thought? We thought it will probably take a while to get to know people, right? Because we've been away a long time. So you knew some of the people, but most people here were new. And so we thought that would take so long. And even in a neighborhood, you know, in a larger city, sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes we came in January. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people don't really, they drive their car into the garage and you don't really see them, right? Unless they're shoveling their snow. (laughs) But this was rather unique because we came in January and then March 15th, of course, the world shut down with COVID. And our governor, Governor Walz, widely encouraged wisely encourage people to check on their neighbors and so to do that they decided to gather right, right out here on our corner every day and we got a chance to know everyone by name and we love porch sitting sitting on that front porch and talking to people as they walk by so that's been a huge blessing plus being close so we can go to a lot of concordia events so choirs and band events and, mm-hmm. uh, athletic events and theater. We just, we love it all. And now we can just walk and really be a part of campus, which has always been, uh, a goal and a, and an essential component of our ministry. So yeah. Yeah, we're thankful to be here.
0: Oh, that's so, so awesome. And now you also, uh, teach at CSP, um, and you're fully online. Is that, is that right? And uh, the, um, the courses you teach
1: And I love it It, in the Graduate Teachers College. And so mainly uh, I work with those teachers who are getting their Minnesota K-12 reading Mm -hmm. endorsements. So I think Concordia has done a wonderful job using the experiences that I've had and and the teaching background I've had and putting that together. For example, one Mm -hmm. of those courses that each of the courses that I have, uh, students are doing a practicum. So they're in one of the schools and a lot of times today technology integration is a huge component of what they need to do so i know how to do that and have some suggestions sometimes they'll be planning a lesson say did you know about this tool what about that and so it's it's a wonderful combination of the literacy the technology tools and getting to really know the wonderful students that we have especially graduate students that Otherwise I just hear they're great, but now I get to actually work with them and, and they truthfully are. So I enjoy it. I'm blessed and I love the online environment. I've been teaching online for many, many years. Um, It was kind of a a neat story that when we started at, it was actually Concordia, Nebraska, we had a, a professional development person come in from California who said, you know, they're not even doing online instruction at Harvard or Yale you're going Mm -hmm. to be able to determine what online instruction looks like. And I thought, that's amazing. There's nothing that motivates me like the chance to really decide what would be best and how do we create community and what's going to work best. So for me, this is the perfect location. And I'm excited about CSP Global that I get to be a part of that. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah, that's so fantastic that you get to use your gifts to benefit the CSP community in such a uh, awesome way and, and preparing those teachers uh, to, for their callings and yeah I think it's great because yeah you get to have that on campus experience with traditional students um, being right there on uh, on campus but then also yeah getting to know those those master students and and support them in their their work too.
1: Yeah. And all of them, you know, have such drive and all of them are making differences in their families and their communities. And um, it's just a privilege to be able to help them ach- accomplish their goals the way professors for me at CSP and beyond help me accomplish my goals, because mm-hmm. I think that's really what we want is people serving in areas of passion so that they are excited about what they do and kind of go above and beyond what a typical person might do, and that's what I see our teachers doing.
0: Oh, excellent! So, as we wrap up our time together today, one last question for you, and that is, in a word or a phrase, what is it that you love most about CSP, and why?
1: Mm, that's a great question. I'm going uh, to. I think the word that I the first word that comes to my mind is innovate. Mm. As of because I love the fact that we're continuously looking for needs in the state, globally, and then quickly putting programs in place that are of high quality that meet the needs of those people. So it, it gives me great pride that we continue to do that. And the other word, of course, and I'm cheating to take two, but is community because I, I can feel that same uh, Christ-centered community here as when I was here. So it's many years later, but we continue to honor Christ and welcome all. And it, it makes me proud to be a part of that. And I'm very thankful for the opportunity to uh, come back and serve here at our alma mater and uh, am excited about the future God has in plan for this place.
0: Well, absolutely uh, thrilled to have you on today. And thank you so much for your service ministry uh, amongst the CSP community and pray God's blessings for you in, in 2024 and beyond.
1: Thanks so much, Billy. Blessings to you as well. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the One Heart podcast. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and consider sharing with a friend. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the One Heart podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Concordia University St. Paul. The material information presented herein is for general information purposes only. The Concordia University St. Paul name, all forms and abbreviations are property of Concordia University St. Paul, and using them does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service.